what is going on, everybody? Ladies, gentlemen, NBs, people of of whatever other description they want to use. Fuck it, I don't care. And, you know, we got some wrestling to discuss this week. There's all kinds of stuff. This is the Eat, Sleep, Elite, Repeat podcast. You know, I, I, should I drop the repeat on the intro? We're just Eat, Sleep, Elite, really. Like, I don't say, yeah. we, we're not, what, what are we repeating? I guess repeating the process? I, I, I've never understood that. All right, well. We're, you know what we're repeating? Tavinky? True. But that being said, speak, we actually, yeah, oh, such a great segue. Anyway, um, <laughs> but. I mean, hey, listen, there was a lot of really good wrestling this week. I was actually saying to you right before we went, uh, well, I guess it's like, I always say live, but it's not like live. But before we went, um, you know, and started the recording, I, I was saying to you how it felt like everything vibed well this week together. Like some weeks it could feel a little disconnected because it's just like, oh, I feel like all wrestling can get like this sometimes where it's like if there's multiple wrestling shows that are all interconnected, you know, uh, in a week, you know, that aren't like, yeah, taped. I guess some of them technically are taped in this case, but. They take into account next week's storylines when they tape dark the week before. Generally speaking, unless there's some kind of thing they don't want to reveal, obviously. Then they do some like ninja shit where they do the match anyway. But anyway, uh, but everything kind of vibed together well this week in a way that I thought fit. And it felt like everything mattered. So that was cool. Yeah, uh, They don't always get that, especially on a week like this week where I was telling you like the opening match of Dynamite almost felt like a fucking pay-per-view main event almost like kind of build that it had for it you know and it was the opening match i mean talk about t- sending the crowd into like a frenzy you know like I, I just have to imagine this dynamite since i guess it was it was both of them taped back to back this had to be such a fun show live and if any of you guys went to it man i i hope you had a great fucking time because this this had to be a hell of a show literally beginning to end Absolutely. So before we get into breaking all that stuff down, though, we do have a couple of orders of business to take care of at the top of the order of the business. Oops, my brain just did a little bit of a backflip there. Sorry. Um, a little we bit have of a few orders of business to take care of. Yeah, to Davinci at the beginning of the podcast uh, before we get started, which is uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter if you have it. Like if it's your first time listening to the podcast, you might not know we have. We have Twitter pages, and there's also other places you can find us on the internet, but I'm at Bane Duke, that's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E on Twitter, and you can find Charlie at O-Charlie with an X instead of an A. And uh, yeah, I, I also stream pretty pretty much daily as much as I can uh, whenever I'm actually awake and decide, yeah, today's a good day, I end up streaming, and I do that at Twitch TV slash The Duke of Derps. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, uh, platforms that you can find us on, you know, that you might be listening to us on right now, be that like Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, uh, you know, uh, the Pandora, the, the, the Amazon music, you know, various other podcast platforms. I would sit here and list them all, but I can't, one, I want, I can't remember them all. And two, I, <laughs> you get the idea. Uh, and there's like a follow and or subscribe button that'll get those into your feed every week. So you don't have to, you know, manually download every episode, which can really screw you up when like the internet goes out and you want to listen to a podcast and you realize you only have episodes you didn't actually want to listen to uh, saved on your phone. Um, that's never happened <laughs> ever. Uh, uh, not once anyway. Um, so yeah, um, that being said though, uh, we, we always start off the, the pod with a little bit of stuff that we like, because we like to have a bit of a positive attitude around here. You know, it's like uh, the new day talked about power positivity or whatever. Like you know, we, we kind of believe in that a little bit. I don't know. I don't know about, I think like everybody kind of believes in that. Watch that era of wrestling a little bit, right? Like they're like, yeah, okay. Um, everything. Yes, exactly. We need uh, we need Lance Archer back for that. But um, that being said, though, uh, it, I, 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 you know, it ends up uh, 
I, I was <laughs> I was saying to you, like, whenever I was like, oh, who's got favorites first? I always end up getting it wrong, and I thought it was going to be you this week. It ended up being me. So I ended up I, I try I, I could have snatched like like the best match on all the shows from you, but I decided that I would be merciful and allow uh, us to talk about both, both talk about matches that we liked. Cause that's really what I'm honestly not doing. Cause then you just end up talking about, it's like you, if I do that, what am I doing? I'm just making us both talk about other matches than the ones we really <laughs> liked. It's really no point in doing that. Right. Like, so we might as well just talk about what we actually liked. It's like no competition here, you know? So, um, I was really, uh, you know, I was like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, Oh yeah, I knew what match was going to be my favorite next week. I kind of do that as well this week. I mean, when this match was announced, I think it was on Rampage or something like that. They just threw this match out there that it was going to be happening. I was just like, okay, They've been doing sure. that more with Rampage. They did it again this week. I like that. It makes people end up having to watch because they're like, oh, yeah, well, I didn't even know that match was happening. Well, actually, they announced it on Rampage. Wait, what? You know, like, and then maybe people start watching Rampage, hopefully. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been doing a lot to try and help Rampage recently. I don't know if it's actually been helping or not, um, but I, hopefully it has, you know, because uh, I like that show and I hope it sticks around, but um i was really vibing with kanosuke takesh to take you on brian danielson this week uh so before before we actually get into the match there is obviously some stuff we should talk about here um with because yeah, it was kind of a whole segment right yeah so Takesh does music yeah. hits and then yep. when mjf comes out yeah so instead of brian danielson's music hitting mjf's music comes out it hits and he comes out i am jumping all over the place with my words today um, my brain is ahead of where i'm actually at in my in my uh in my speech anyway that being said um and mjf comes out and the first comments that he makes are like he doesn't really know how to say uh to catch his name i'm not gonna say what he said obviously because i don't i personally didn't like actually like it that much like a lot of people are like oh this is totally in, in character for mjf and i don't disagree with that i just it doesn't mean i have to like it you know like um yeah uh, and uh and then he called him a nerd also but i was like you're a nerd mjf in my head but um so yeah, yeah, I'm 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 dissing MJF as if that's gonna get me anywhere. Um, MJF he came out and tried to cut like a '70s fucking yes. heat promo on the foreigner, and it's just like that eh, doesn't eh, really go over in 2023. Yeah, I mean it got him heat. Yeah, you know. So I, yeah, know. I guess it did work. It's just a different type. It, of it did. Heat now. It did work. Yeah, I just don't know if people are gonna look. You know, it's like uh, especially and like uh, one point that I saw made was like with MJF's character inconsistently kind of saying this after he talked about being bullied for being Jewish. In in his CM Punk stuff, like I do understand that perspective, like because I, it did kind of feel like MJF was a bit of a new generation wrestling character in that way that he acknowledges like his feelings and like that he had a reason why he became an evil bastard. He's not just an evil bastard. I feel like we established that with the CM Punk stuff. Yeah, and then if he does this, I mean, it's, there's yeah, maybe a metaphor yeah. there about becoming the monster that you that you hated, right? Uh, I, but you know, but I don't know if he's going that deep with it. And if even if he is, I don't know if wrestling fans are going to go that deep with it themselves. So I, you know, but uh, that all that aside, you know, if you can look past that, which I guess we kind of have to, to talk about the segment further. Um, you know, MJF got his heat off of that. Um, I liked the uh, the. <laughs> the scooby douchebag line that was pretty fucking good scooby dooby douchebag yeah yeah freddie prince jr the guy who's we've covered on this show uh starting his own wrestling business yeah and you know he's kanan and uh oh and he got a chant too in the crowd freddie yeah he's kanan in a star wars show which if you guys have been following us for a while you know we love star wars so you know it's i've always liked him so that's, yeah, that's I like a, that's I like cool Freddy. He's, Freddy's he's really still... knowledgeable about Star Wars, actually. So I've always liked him. Um, but uh, yeah, Scooby Douchebag in the house. Um, and then MJF dipped the fuck out. 
uh, as soon as Danielson came in. So I so he's playing it well. The I would have liked if this was like maybe a few minutes shorter and MJF didn't say the things, but I mean, hey, whatever. Um, but the match itself was actually really good. They did some really good mat wrestling stuff at the start. Um, oh, dude, Kesha gave some heavy shots to the jaw right after that too to Danielson that were just like really, really nice. Yeah. Um, you know, this match on paper sounds like really good, but then like you actually could have like a couple of different kinds of matches with this. You could have like a technical wrestling match, like a Ring of Honor pure type match or whatever with lots of like holds and stuff like that. You could also, because Takeshita can totally do that, you know. Um, you could also have like a really fast paced Brian Danielson, like when he was Daniel Bryan type of match where he's just running around the, main, right, the ring like an absolute lunatic, just doing flips and stuff, you know. Um, or you could have like that kind of match from Takeshita where he's just running around the ring like a, a crazy person, just bouncing off the ropes and flying outside the ring and stuff like that, you know, like. Um, and you didn't really get any of those variations. You kind of got like a slugfest, like a Japanese style, like sort of like uh, look what we had with uh, um, the beginnings of what we had between Okada and Jay White, where they're just slugging at each other, you know? Yeah. Um, so, which I didn't get that far into the match, but I saw that much. They were just beating the piss out of each other, you know? Um, but yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. I And uh, the Takeshi line looked really clean. Um, they they had some really nice chops too back and forth at one point. Oh my god, dude, that top row lariat spot, it's never not gonna look amazing, especially when someone like Danielson takes it because he just like throws it's his body. Such a perfect spot, <laughs> and the Takesh is so knowledgeable that he knows and the perfect spot Danielson when to hit has that in the match. Regularly been doing like the hurricane rana and like uh like uh poison rana and stuff like off the top, or I mean not a poison rana, but like he does like those kinds of moves off the top. So like you expect it to be that, and then he hits that and you're like, oh shit, that's why Takesha is the person he's wrestling right now. Um oh and that that brain buster he hit on the floor it looked like he absolutely killed Danielson and just ended his career. Um that might be actually I might have to just go ahead and give the Simmons to that this week. That looked absolutely brutal. Like here he is, here he is. And yeah. damn. That's about like I I I was afraid for Danielson after that spot. I was like, God damn. I even wrote in my notes it was a slugfest. Just what a match, you know. Uh, did you have any thoughts on this match, Charlie? Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, the only thing from the beginning that I I'm um, not to bring us back, but we had a great line from Takeshita, and, and we haven't had Takeshita speak too much. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot but about this. Takeshita, you know, he spoke in Japanese first, and then, you know, he had to speak. He went to speak in English, and he had a great line of, I will kick your ass. And I just thought it was so fitting. It's like, all right. Of course, our first Takeshita soundbite is him talking about he's going to kick someone's ass. And it, it was delivered perfectly. So I thought that was really nice. There was another Absolutely. spot. Um, spot that was making its waves around Twitter because uh, people thought it was a botch, but people were dissecting more like, no, this is what it was meant to be. And it was, it involved Daniel, uh, by, <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. It involved Brian Danielson jumping off the top rope, getting caught by Takeshita. And then he kind of like flips him between his legs and lands that, uh, Oh yeah, no, that was, I feel like when, okay. So I watched that back. I saw the clip you're talking about on Twitter, like the night, yeah. like, the, the night of, or maybe the night after. I can't remember. Like I, I remember seeing the clip that you're talking about though. And I remember thinking, um, I agree with whoever had posted it because they had said he just caught him here and turned it into a different spot. It could have been that that was where they were going anyway. Like that spot. Yeah. And and like even if he caught him the way he was supposed to and they hit the Hurricane Rana that looked like they were trying to hit, I think because there was also a Hurricane Rana that looked like kind of went a little bit wrong. 
um but then like you know on the outside so that one might have been like they were trying to get that spot you know what i mean saying like sometimes it'll go back and try and hit something again. exactly and know. and i watched like, the clip and I, I was like huh i didn't see where the mistake was and then a uh, uh independent wrestler was actually wrestled on aw before kevin blackwood he he kind of posted a little yeah, I think analysis I saw blackwood's post actually yeah and i was like you know what that makes perfect sense and i have this i'm gonna trust that this guy knows what he's talking about and that looks like it was planned and i thought that was a beautiful spot and I mean, this was storybook wrestling, right? Like this, this match beginning to end, it was so much fun. It was just beautiful. And I thought, you know, coming out of it, uh, Takeshita loses, but I think he looks better than he did going in, if that's even possible. I mean, it, I, it's totally possible. That's, one, that's how is, wrestling should be, right? Yeah, you know? right. Exactly. And he is the smoothest. I mean, outside of Omega, it's, it's going to be hard. I haven't felt this way about someone as a wrestler in a long time when it comes to just Everything they do is so smooth, and I wish, I wish I could describe what I see when I feel that. But there's so many little things, and that, that's what I feel when I watch FTR and Daniel. Yeah, it's just it's so beautiful you know? and smooth, and I just the potential is is just limitless. And I'm so glad we're still getting these Danielson matches. You know, a few months back when we got the match with Lee Moriarty, we just I remember we came on here we're like, man, it just feels good that we're going to get this match and the Daniel Garcia feud. And now Takeshita, and I, I hope this isn't the end of it. Uh, I think Takeshita's got a big year planned uh, in this company. So, yeah, yeah, good stuff all around. Yeah, good segment. I, I would love the idea of MJF versus Takeshita. I think that would also be a fun match. Absolutely. So, even even if Takeshita doesn't say a word and MJF just like, says fucked up things to him the whole time, that'll just make it like, maybe that's who should win. <laughs> maybe, maybe two <laughs> years down the line, that's beats who him. beats MJF, right? Like instead of Eddie, like they have a match, they have like a death match, you know, and who, that's who ends up facing <laughs> Literally. MJF. So, okay, here we go. Let's jump to my favorite, which Hell I, yeah. I agree with you before, well, before we were talking on the show. It's like just so many good things this week. I could literally pick a bunch of them. But it's the culmination. Well, let's pick the final match in the best of seven. The Elite versus Death Triangle in the Escalera de la Muerte match. It was the main event. And here's the thing. The expectations for this match are already through the roof. So they have to deliver. Because you're not going into this match at a best of seven with these nah, two No, 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 no. Hold up. Before before we get into all that talk, Phoenix Shock mastered the shit out of himself on the entrance. I will hear nothing else. I don't even remember it. He slid. Remember, he did the slid. Oh, you know what? I did catch that a little bit. I did catch that, actually. He's all right, though. It was fine. It was fine. I just and, thought uh, it was really funny. I was like, oh, no. Is that how this match is going to go? <laughs> right? And But, I mean, dude, everything that we've been seeing playing out in this in this match, it uh, fucking just the welcome back of Kenny Omega with the title. It was a nice little touch. But you name it. Every single spot, it was it was beautiful, and uh, we got our our spots of of Kenny and Pac, which we've been kind of waiting to see more and more. The hammers getting fucking thrown into the crowd, dude. That was pretty brutal. Uh, <laughs> you fucking just launched <laughs> that shit, Christ. man. You fucking launched it. I was like, there's no way that didn't just hit a child. Yeah, someone's um, eye is gone. And <laughs> it's like, uh, but here's the thing, right? So we got new champions. We ended this. Uh, we were talking last week. We we're like, I, I don't know who wins. You could tell me. You could tell me either or, and I get on board with it. Um, 
Also, the well, that's the thing. Like, what you don't realize now is that what you have to talk about with this Lucha Brothers title reign is that it's seven matches longer now. Each one of these is technically a title defense, really, if you think about it. Like, you know, like, yeah, yes, they're not on the line for any of the six other matches, but you might as well consider these title matches because if if they would have won four in a row, it doesn't matter. They would have been champions. You know what I mean? So, like, absolutely. And God, here's the thing, right? I've just I've had so much fun with this over the past two months because we had we've had our seven matches, including the return match at uh, full gear. It's how long it's been going on, and I don't. It's just I'm I'm so glad we were able to pull this off because I'm such a I'm such a fan of the idea of a of a playoff. First of all, just being a stats and like a nerd here with the having a playoff essentially, which is what it was. Playoffs. It, it just it added so much more to it, and. Here's the thing. Now we know the plan was to get the belts back on the elite, but you don't want to do it right away. So how do you do no, it? No, people would have felt like, what the fuck? You exactly. just came back and got your championships back after they're like, what? They so would have, how do you- would have felt so unearned. Like, Yep. And, and so what do they do? They plan it out to where Death Triangle gets an extra two and a half months on their title reign. And they have insane matches along the way. They turn heel along the way. And they embraced the way of the hammer. And now, now I look back on as Death Triangle had an unbelievable title reign. It was so much fun. Yeah, they feuded with one team most of the time, but it, it was the fuck. It was the elite. You're not gonna, it's like I mean, is this like the best series of matches? I won't say the best best of seven because people have already come up with like one that they say is like oh from this like I think it's like from Japan or something like that like that they came up with like, oh you can't say it's better than this okay best series of matches though is this the best series of matches like ever is that is that too far it definitely in terms of a trio's matches I, I can't think of another one can I just say this is when I, I remember like a year maybe a year and a half ago on this podcast when I was talking about the need for trios titles and why I believed in it so much was because like imagine if you did a trios ladder match or a trios tables match or a trios like, just street fight we did all of those kinds of, we didn't do a tables match but we did all kinds of spots like that throughout this entire thing and I just want to say I feel validated for that how this worked out you know absolutely and I mean here another thing is before before I let you kind of take control here and give your thoughts on everything, um, I, I thought, in a way, at the beginning they were kind of you know working out the kinks, right? And we saw that play out until the end here. And I I, I gotta say I love the idea that they won with Kenny getting the fucking hitting a one winged angel and then climbing the ladder, but you know Pac got his fucking. Uh, he tried the black arrow. Kenny got his knees up. I mean, this this whole thing was fucking beautiful. When 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 Lucha Brothers started setting up the ladder on top of the ladder, I'm like, oh no, oh no, who's gonna die? But uh, yeah, really good stuff. On just a super action packed main event. Like that's the best way to describe it. So yeah, what did you think of this? And then the feud, and then we'll kind of talk about their uh, title reign. Absolutely, bit. just like that, like nuts sequence at the beginning that that led to some that led to some flippy shit at the start. That was good. Oh, I love, I love the springboard arm drag from from Phoenix to get somebody off a ladder that's climbing. That is a I've never seen that before. That that's, was a beautiful touch. Good, good point. Uh, I always write down spots that I've never seen before that I really like their placement in the match. Uh, oh, Kenny missing into the table. Because of being still out of it from that fucking bloodbath that he had with uh, Will Ospreay. Yeah, that that checks out. Um, yep. 
also love Kenny being there with the uh, with that IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Uh, love to That's see it. That's a beautiful it. title. But imagine being fucking juiced though, and you, you you lose that title without actually having a match, and then and then Kenny just shows up with it. <laughs> anyway, because um, he was on this show, well, not on this show. I, I'm liking Juice show. in AEW so far. Oh yeah, he's been fun. Just imagine being Juice and Tony yeah. Storm backstage, like, hey, there's my championship. Anyway, um. But yeah, so that 450 uh, through the table was also really, really good. Um, the fear factor on the ladder, and that you mentioned that one wing off the la- one wing, one winged angel off of the ladders that were uh, put up in that like you know classic sort of Sami Zayn, uh, sorry El Generico, um, uh, pre pre orphanage El Generico, um, and uh, and Kevin Steen. I wonder what ever happened to that Kevin Steen guy. He must have gone back to Canada. Anyway, um. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Did you? And, yeah. And new. Go ahead. Oh, and there was an eels and escalator sign. Go ahead. And, and you notice Matt Jackson didn't take too many crazy bumps. I think there was said that there was multiple injuries to, for, to both sides throughout. I think Pat Pack rebroke his nose. I want to say. I think there was a broken toe. That and might just I, be kayfabe. Think, this might be kayfabe, but I, that's what they said. I think right. So I, you I know. think going forward, and to me, this match is a little bit of the proof. I think going forward, we're not going to see Matt Jackson take too many crazy things. I think his back is probably at a point where he takes one more really like god awful bump and it goes wrong. Because that's the thing. He can take these bumps and they'll be fine. But if it happens to go wrong, he might be fucked. So, I mean, why not just have Kenny go on a little singles run with the IAGP title in AEW for a while then? Like defending it over there, defending it over here, you know, as much as he can. Like, think- we, we know that they will let AEW people do that. They let um, what the FTR do it on TV all the time if they wanted to, you know, so like. Oh, yeah. And and I think Matt, uh, just about every time he went through a table, it was him doing it. So he was able to control it. Little things like that. I, I Yeah, yeah. Not like, not like, uh, you know, Willow just killing fucking, was that Ada J? Jesus. If that happened to Matt Jackson, he, he might not wrestle again. Yeah, he like would be, Matt right? Jackson might be dead. Like, that's not even crazy to, like, say. I mean, that's probably true. He probably wouldn't wrestle again if they if that bump happened to him. So, yeah, I, I just I just kind of noticed that when I was rereading here, I'm like, you know what? He really didn't take anything crazy. I watched someone to point out, it, uh, you know, dude. it's it's probably for the best, right? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, if he's gonna be breaking his back, literally, we don't need yeah. that. We just had lost Kenny for a year with broken shoulders, you know, like like or whatever the hell they were, like he just completely destroyed shoulders because. He just throws his body to, against the wall. By the way, oh, something we should have pointed out. I don't think we pointed this out yet. Um, and I think it played into this match really nicely because of Kenny having just come back from New Japan. I like that we have New Japan style barricades now. Um, they I add, do too. Because honestly, like old, you know, they're fine. Like the WWE ones now are just fucking atrocious, in my opinion. You know, that are just like walls yeah. around the ring. Like fucking, I get it's for the people's safety probably, and so they can make like really cool like exploding walls and stuff that they can. You know, but like, I, you know, I, I, I think I prefer the way Japan's doing it right now, even though Japan's got like, I think the least viewership, right? Like not like the least, but like, they're not like doing that well. That's why, that's why like, uh, you know, Kenny had to go back and stuff. Right. So like, you know, um, yeah, I mean like, um, just a really good match. Um, yeah. Really and, and so, so we'll talk about the title reign a little bit here. Obviously they won it after it was vacated. So they just won it on dynamite following all out. And they ended up having a 126-day title reign, so a pretty lengthy reign. I mean, they started this thing September 7th. 
And so some of the matches, right? They win it off of the best friends, who I honestly thought was winning it that night. When we found out who was in the match, I was like, oh, uh, best friends all day is have the baby faces win the title here. Get Orange Cassidy his first belt. And lo and behold, he did it. Little, little did we know, you know. And uh, I, I thought that made sense because best friends have been a tag team since the jump. But um, And Death Triangle Pack was already a champion. That was a fun match. We uh, jump forward the next night. And Death Triangle faces the Dark Order in a 21-minute match. Reynolds, Silver, and 10. And I, I remember thinking, oh, shit, the Dark Order might be back. Well, that was the match, I think, probably when they decided that Ten was ready to be on his own, you'd think. It, it could have been, because that, that was really good. And, again, the time, 21 minutes. Jesus, they, the main event, the rampage there. We jump forward uh, another two weeks. Death Triangle defeats the best friends in Orange Cassidy again on AW Title Tuesday in Cincinnati. Title Tuesday. I don't remember that one as much as the first match, but I'm assuming. You don't remember Title Tuesday? Come on. I do remember Title Tuesday. I just don't remember this match specifically. I can't picture anything from it. But we then jump forward about three weeks. This was the one. Death Triangle defeating AR Fox and Top Flight. That was fucking awesome. That was when I felt like that trio. This is the first time AR hit that uh, like ring post flippy moon salty thing. That so beautiful. Oof. And then at full gear, we started the best of seven where they defeated the elite in just an awesome fucking match. So the elite. The, the and then they lose it uh January 11th. So yeah, a good lengthy title reign. They kind of turned heel. I'm sure that'll be addressed more. Like I said, I mean, has Phoenix turned heel? I, I, he seems to be the guy in the light, right? I, so I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's going on out here. All right, so that was our favorites this week, guys. Um, 25 minutes into the show, I think we love those favorites a little bit, huh? Some uh, meat, some meat <laughs> to that segment there, pal. So what we're going to do now is uh, we're going to jump into some news and then some of the news. And then some we're going to do some news. fantasy booking like we like to do. Some fantasy. We're going to uh, we're going to fantasy book who we think should be in the Dark Order. The Dark Order. Because that's uh, been a segment that we've been following for a couple of weeks. And you know what? Batista needs to help us out with some fantasy booking. We'll then jump into Elevation Dark, Dynamite Rampage and Preview next week. We'll cover all the results and all that. So real quick with the news kicking us off. Jay White. And Eddie Kingston, they're set Woo! for the New Japan Pro Wrestling Battle in the Valley. If if Woo! we needed any more reason to to cover this match, right? <laughs> so, uh, New Japan Battle in the Valley, Saturday, February 18th. Two. Two. We will be covering this show because it's going to be Kyrie versus Mercedes Monet. The World Heavyweight Championship will be defended. Eddie Kingston versus Jay White. And then Filthy Tom Lawler versus Homicide is so far announced. So that'll be a pretty good show. Yeah. Um, that's not the end of the Jay White news. There was a report out of Fightful Select that Jay White is expected to leave New Japan Pro Wrestling when his contact ex- contract expires, which is, quote, relatively soon. God damn and, <laughs> and everyone just assumes he's either headed for WWE or AEW, which makes the most sense. Wouldn't it be cool if we went to, like, Noah? Just fuck it. Yeah, it said fuck it instead of going to AEW. said, yeah, no, actually, I'm going to uh, DDT. Yeah, right? But he would fit great in either company. I could I'm see going him. to WoW. Wait, Jay, wait, wait. You know what? And I wouldn't be surprised if he'd be one of those guys Triple H would just bring right to the main roster. Because he hasn't done that yet. Other than his returns. So, I'm very curious 
where Jay White would fall on that list. I, I think he's bring the, him up. In the Fed hierarchy, I think he would be like up there with Cody Rhodes in terms of value by the company. I, right? They'd bring him in, give him a whole new gimmick. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Uh, that's not the only – since it is January, we're going to start getting more of these probably every week. And we have another signing. Former New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestler Carl Fredericks has signed with the NXT brand in WWE. We've covered some Carl Fredericks on here. He wrestled a little bit in dark uh, when they were doing all that. And then, um, yeah, he's he's officially gone. He's been spotted at the Performance Center. And you know what? Good on him. He's a graduate of the LA Dojo. So, And we always I, say I, that I, Japanese-style wrestling training is a really good way to get like a good base for wrestling. So if he can like get the other side from, from Triple H's crew now, then maybe – Maybe it balances it out. I don't know. We'll see. Absolutely. You, and he's he got, got he can the work look. both ways, right? Like I've talked about yeah. that, you know, like a Japanese wrestler. Like I think I, I, I wouldn't lie that like I bet Kushida is a better wrestler now, you know, than probably than he was before he went to WWE's Performance Center. But then, you know, that's just because there's, you just learn there. So, I mean, you know, I don't know how much you actually pick up if you're trained already like that. I have no idea. But. And. We're going to keep it up going here. Uh, Frankie Kazarian. He is no longer in AEW. You guessed it. He's he's no longer here. And you know, I believe his last match was with Takeshita. So that's fucking awesome. And we covered that match on Dark. And we talked about that. It was pretty good. But Frankie Kazarian is no longer in AEW. He has signed a long-term contract with Impact Wrestling. And basically, this could have been in kayfabe a little bit. But he said, uh, in a brief promo, he said, after his return to Impact last year, he went back to where he was, and he was surrounded by strangers who he thought were his friends, and something didn't seem right. So, you know, Frankie Kazarian is going to be at the top of the card in Impact, and he. What didn't fallen... seem right was the booking, Frankie. <laughs> yeah, he had fallen to the uh, bottom of the card in AEW. He had an elite killer la- a gimmick last year that was pretty fun, but or tw- late twenty twenty one, I should say. But that's he's kind of been on the ropes. I, I, I on this podcast about eight months ago, I said. I thought Frankie would be great in the new WWE. I thought he would fit perfectly in the mid card, but maybe he's going to Impact where he's going to be. I think I even suggested a while back that he might go back to Impact just because it seemed like he they weren't using him. So I could you know a place like Impact would you know. And And, hey, good on him. We'll always root for Frankie. He's a good brother. So uh, good on him. All right, Mercedes Monet. She's been in the news lately. She has been cast in The Collective. It's an action thriller film. Uh, the movie's already wrapped filming, and it was announced that she will be in it. It's There's some people in it, uh, Tyrese Gibson, Lucas Till, Ruby Rose. So, yeah, the deadline covered this. And uh, more wrestling stars showing up in the, uh, I guess, in the movies, right? That's the, we always wonder in who's going to be next. In cinema. We got the Samoa Joe movie coming out this year, so that'll be cool. Okay, what else? The King of Television. Oh, wait. The King of Television. Oh, shit. Uh, Dax Harwood. He says FTR has been, quote, granted the next few months off of AEW TV. As as you guys, we've covered this extensively before. Dax has been dealing with some injuries. He just needs some time off, man. The guy put his body through He's got a fucking bruised, broken, fucking shattered ass. Yeah, he, he needs some time off. They're, they're just going to take some time off. And you know what? After the year they had, when they return, it's going to be fucking incredible. And the pop's going to be beautiful. 
So go back, get healthy, reset up. I wonder what this, and I'm sure Cash doesn't mind getting some time off himself. He's earned it. So good on him. ROH announces date and location for Supercard of Honor. The pay-per-view will take place during WrestleMania weekend in Los Angeles. Tony said he doesn't give a fuck anymore. He said, you guys got to put pay-per-views on the same day I put them out? All right, fine. I'm going to start running WrestleMania weekend. He said he wasn't going to do that, and then they fucked him over. So he said, nah, fuck it. I'm going to do you better. I'm going to do you the same way. (laughs) So, yeah, that'll be Friday, March 31st in Los Angeles. That'll be fun. And on the cover is Wheelers, Joe, Athena, Claudio, and the Briscoes. So, yeah, I can't wait to see who's on that card because they're probably going to try and go big, to say the least. And then the last thing we'll talk about here before we get into the Dark Order stuff, William Regal's position was announced at with WWE. He is now the Vice President of Global Talent Development. So that's kind of something we had talked about, speculated, you know, he was going to be getting something big. And yeah, that's that's pretty big for Regal. So good on him. Uh, wish him nothing but the best. And I'm glad they're not like treating him like the boogeyman and they're still talking about him. It, it does help with what he just did. All right, with all that down and out of the way, Garrett, we got some Dark Order fantasy booking Batista. What 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 do we need? Give me what I want. Give uh, me what I want. Yes. Um, I, we both wrote down, I don't know how many options you wrote down. I wrote down a bunch. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to give, we're going to give five options each. And then if, if we have any honoraries at the end that we didn't cross over, we can dock into those, but... So yes. basically, the idea here is on BTE, they had been talking about Dark Order need to start recruiting, and we've noted that. And then this week, they brought it to Dark. They pitched to Juice Robinson, who I actually thought would have been a pretty good member, but he declined. He's Bullet Club for life. And that, that spawned this idea because, you know, we love fantasy booking. And let's fantasy book some of the future members. Now, if any of these people join, we're going to gloat about it. And if they don't, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That's the way it works around here, all right? Exactly. So you take the lead. You have odds. Who would be your first member in the Dark Order? And uh, I guess why, right? Okay. I I was going to go like in list order that I just wrote down, but I'm I'm actually going to pick the best pick I think I have first. It's actually a team that I'm putting in the Dark Order. All right. I'm putting the team of Brian Pillman Jr. and uh, Brock Anderson in, and they're going to be called, and there's still going to be a small connection to Arn. That's why this name is going to be called. They're going to be called the team of Armed and Dangerous. That is actually a really good name. Because of the whole fucking Arn with a gun thing. Anyway, um, so and yeah. And Pillman's dad's and, I, and, and the storyline that you tell here, and they're not even going to be permanent members of the Dark Order, is that they're still not standing on their own like you told them they needed to be. So you have crossed. You have two dark stories crossing over, and and, and an incursion of a multiversal energy, and yeah. So, uh, who do you got as your first? Because I got armed and dangerous slotting in there and getting some matches. In. That's that's a fantastic pitch. Um, okay, I don't. Uh, all right. So my first, and this is the, the one I think is the best. I think, uh, yeah, the best one I would do right now. She has had some stuff. With them on BTE. The chemistry is there. And we all want to see her back. Maki Ito. I th- She is so funny. And her when she does stuff with Hungi, it's hilarious. Everyone wants to see her. When she returned to face against Brit, the crowd fucking blew up. They reacted. They loved it. 
I think because we we had also talked, you know, when they brought in Anna J A S, it was uh it was a good fit. And it, it makes sense to have them add more women or tags like Armed and Dangerous. Great name, by the way. You should fucking that, that was, that's a great name for them. So yeah, I I think Maki Ito and we, we want to see her back, right? So yeah. <laughs> what do you got next? <laughs> see now, if, if they don't do that tag name now, everyone's gonna hate it. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go ahead and go even bigger with the next pick. Uh, I think this just makes the most sense. This person is on top of the world right now, and I don't really know where they're gonna go after their current storyline. So, uh, fucking throw action and Dreddy in there. Let's go. You know what? He he would fit. He would fit, and uh, yeah, get the storyline out with the. Because the like, then you don't have to focus on him. You can have the storyline be he's helping build up the Dark Order, you know, and he can be, can be in for as long as you want him to be, you know. And if he outgrows the Dark Order like Hangman Page did, then, you know. Speaking of, I guess we should just go ahead and mention Hangman. I did write Hangman down, but I don't think either of us should take that as a pick because it's so obvious. Like, yeah, yeah. If Hangman That's joins fair. the Dark Order, everyone will be happy. It's probably never going to happen, though, if it hasn't already. So. so, number four and my second pick here. Kind of fits along the action and ready lines as like a recruit. He's had some success, not in this company, but that is Blake Christian, all heart, all heart. He's a good baby face, and he, you know he's just he's he's young, and everyone wants to root get for some him, grit so. in there. He's got that GCW pedigree. He's got those matches with John Moxley for like the GCW title and stuff like. Dude, I, absolutely, I, ooh, I like that. Give a little bit edge to the Dark Order. I like it. So that I think Blake Christian could be a nice fit for them, and would be a. That would mean we get more of Blake Christian in AEW. So, so number five and your third pick. The first of my two female picks that I have. Spoilers. Um, I'm going to go with the one that I think would have the uh, the most to gain from being in the Dark Order, which is Sky Blue. Um, I think that just gets her on TV more. I think it gets her on BTE. I think it gets her noticed by more people, uh, which ultimately helps you to build her brand more and then become more valuable overall. And then you can start using her more often because that's, I feel like that's what holds her back is like a lot of these other people already have a presence on social media. She's still trying to build that, you know, so maybe this helps her to do that a little bit. I don't know. That's a good pick. And, you know, following her match with Jade, I mean, she could, she, I feel like she's elevated even more now as a baby face and dark order. If we can get them back to where they were as some of the biggest baby faces, sky blue, great fit for that. Okay. Number six in my third one. I've mentioned him before, but I couldn't make this top five without him because it just makes too much sense. And it's Fuego del Sol. For every reason I've said in the past, if you've listened to that I, I, and more, I, Fuego has something that people, when he's out there, he just kind of gets this reaction. And the one of the other people in the company who get that is Johnny Hungy. Why not throw them together? Why not see what happens? He's nah, in the mask If he comes already. into the Dark Order, there's one thing you have to do. you got to bring back Fuego, too. You just have to. And and who ends up being Fuego, too? Oh, it's Blake Christian. So there you go. There's two of them. <laughs> that could be fun, though, right? You have a Fuego, too, randomly there, and everyone's like, who's this? Absolutely. Was- and then they eventually Fuego, too, graduates to being an actual Dark Order member. Yeah. See? This is the way. All right, so you're now, what are we at? Number four and number seven overall. So uh, Yes, uh, I have, uh, I'm going to go with the last male that I have on the list, which is 
And I actually, I was thinking about this. I was like, who would actually make sense that like you could add into this that would actually be really interesting. Um, and so I think Keith Lee would actually work really well in the Dark Order. Okay. Um, so I know he's a big star already. And you're like, well, okay. Well, I think that's what the Dark Order is lacking right now because of Hangman Page kind of be not really being adjacent to them right now, doing his own thing and missing something to draw people into the Dark Order. Brody think, was a massive star, and that did elevate the group. And I think that they just need that so that everyone else gets the opportunity to shine, because that's what Dark Order has always been missing and why you lost people um, in the group, I think, ultimately, is because they didn't get that opportunity at ever. So and I think Keith Lee is an opportunity for that, especially if you have Dark Order taking on mobile affiliates. I mean, like, that, you could see that working. Like, Yeah. No, absolutely. That maybe makes it's organic. Sense. Maybe Keith Lee does what Adam Page did, where they just build a friendship over time. They come to save him one week because they're good guys, right? Maybe it's Silver and Reynolds, and then they form a little trio for a little while, and eventually he they're like, "Hey, do you want to join?" And it's yeah, I'll join you guys. You know, like I I don't know, like uh, I, I maybe it could work, maybe not. Yeah, I, I could see it working. I could see it working. That's I didn't even think of that one. That's a good pick. And he immediately would bring in some star power, which. Is a good. You make a good point for that. Okay, number eight and my fourth. It is a tag team. They have already wrestled as a tag. Unfortunately, they've been a little buried at times. And that would have been a great pun if I was picking buried country. I was about but, to say, I really hope it's not buried country. Oh, no, God. no. Uh, but it is the workhorsemen. And oh yeah, okay, okay. JD Drake, okay. Anthony Henry, like both guys are fantastic. And they've recruited tag teams before, so I wanted to just I wanted to add a tag team, and you did too with Pil- uh, Armed and Dangerous. I wanted to have a tag team in here because you know what? I- even if it was just Anthony Henry, and I didn't want to just pick him, Anthony Henry, the sky is the limit, and just maybe putting him in the Dark Order, getting him featured more, because e- even even the factory, you know, they they low key picked up uh, Cole Carter and uh, Lee Johnson. And we started seeing them more and more. Now it's been a couple of weeks since we saw them, but you get the idea. The workhorsemen, they've they've had some. They're thrown out to be beaten, right? Which everyone's got their own job. That that's what they do. You put them in the dark order, and all of a sudden they start revitalizing their career. You can you can toss in different trios with them. You can make your five I mean, man I, matches. I don't want to interrupt, but literally their name was a joke about being the guys that just do work and they don't actually. Make, they don't win. They just do all – they're like workers. You know what I mean? That's like their whole name, right? Like, And J.D. – yes. And J.D. Drake has – we've seen it before. He has some some shit in his arsenal where – Dude, remember when everyone got mad – well, when everyone tried to get mad at him, but actually it was him getting – should have been getting mad at the dude that stole his spot on NXT or whatever. It was like I think it was a level it's up or something like, like he's that. He's so yeah, innovative, like, man. It's things like that, yeah, where he, he has so much shit in his arsenal. He can have – Big matches, and he can have big moments in big matches. We just haven't seen it yet in this company. So, if the workhorse like you with me, like Keith Lee, that I would not have picked the workhorsemen because I like them. Like, not that I don't think putting them in the dark order would be bad for them. I just would like for them to be the workhorsemen, and I think that would be really fun. You know, yeah. Um, not like losing like they are, but like just be the tag team they could be. You know, because they clearly have like a history from the Indies or whatever. Um, but I, I like that pick a lot, actually. Okay, yeah, and I, I think it fits for 
for what we're trying to build with the Dark Order because we we also want to rebrand it a little bit. So. Yeah, because it needs to be a little more serious. I think like, the funniness can still be there, but I think we needed it to be like an actual group of dudes, you know, that actually want to win stuff. Like the, it felt like something was there when them and Hangman might win the trios titles. You know, like absolutely. So number nine in your final pick for Oof. some Dark Order fantasy booking here. Yeah, this I, this might be a bit of a letdown for the last pick. Not that it's bad person or bad pick, but it just might not be like the exact thing you were expecting to end on. But um, this is actually the, the weirdly the first person that came to mind when we when we started doing this. This was the first person that I thought of. Uh, it's Kira Hogan. Um, so again, not sure where she's going when she gets done with Jade. Right? Um, I don't think she's beating Jade. I think she'll be forty nine or something like that. You know. Um, which would make sense. It'd be good for her. It'd be like the last one to possibly beat Jade that won't, you know? Um, Cause I think 50, and know, I think they're building it up. I think that's, I think that's where this ends. Maybe. I hope so for fuck's sake. Maybe. God damn yeah. Who knows? <laughs> like, you I, know, I, the person um, that beat her might not even be on the roster yet for all we that's know. That's true. I mean, well, uh, anyway, um, well, it could still be Sashi, but if it's not, but I, whatever the point is like, or sorry, Mercedes. It could still be, uh, you know, but uh, Soraya. Anyway, um, so uh, yeah, I, I think Kira Hogan would benefit like a lot like Sky Blue would, except I think she's actually kind of weirdly somehow a little bit more established than Sky Blue, maybe because of the stuff with Jade, but like, um, you know, but also I think maybe she's just distinguished herself a little bit more when she's Oh yeah, that, that she had a pretty lengthy career and impact already. Okay, well, then there's that as well, I guess, as well. I, yeah, so fair enough. Yeah, so Kira Hogan, you know, we'll, we'll see what where, where she goes. But I think the Dark Order, you know, she's turning face, obviously, right now. So it makes it's a baby face group. So I, yeah, and, and that's a good fit. I, I think Kira Hogan, you know, where's she going after this? I don't have I a like, pitch like I do for the other ones. I should have done this one first. Oh, well. No, yeah, I, I, I like her fit there. And even if. You know, they could bring in her real life girlfriend Diamante and maybe bring them as a duo in. Well, that you know, would be cool. Be, have like a female duo cool. in a group of like the Dark Order. Like that would yeah. be that would be interesting. I honestly like every female. Have them face TJ in the JAS versus Dark Order feud. Like, eh. Yeah, it it could work. All right, number ten. I uh, I went back and forth on who I want to pick. I'm just I'm gonna say Griff Garrison. I didn't want to leave him off the list. He was my oh shit in case you picked him. Um, we've mentioned this before. Griff has zero direction right now. He's in a tag team that, I mean, are they even a tag team anymore? No, I don't no, think no. so. Armed and Dangerous may not have the name Armed and Dangerous, but they are officially a tag team. They were in a segment on Dark Griff, like two weeks ago or something like that, or a week ago with Arn, where they said that these two are a yeah. tag. That doesn't mean that Griff is gone. So hopefully but, Griff you know. is still on the roster. Um, but that being and maybe, said. Maybe Griff's the third on their trio. We just don't know it yet. And we just yeah. didn't see them with Arn because Griff wasn't available. You know, that's possible too, you know. Griff desperately needs direction and he he is good that's the thing what was oh god he had a tag match last year i think it was against uh blackpool combat club and i was like this guy is so much better than his partner and i felt like he wasn't just he just wasn't getting the chance and that's not even a knock on brian pillman jr brian pillman jr is also good it's just griff Harrison. Yeah. it's just actually like genuinely a good singles wrestler like, i just like. remember seeing that i'm like dude this guy is so good and he's got the perp he's a he's a big dude he's got a good look 
Put him in the dark order. That's what I'm saying, man. Grab all three. Okay, here's what we do. So you took a couple of the picks and threw them together, right? I'm going to do the same thing now with mine and your list. I'm taking Armed and Dangerous, including Griff Garrison, and I'm putting them in the dark order. And Griff's going to be a single star, and they're going to be the the tag. And Arn's still going to be judging them for not standing on their own. That's my story. That's the that's the pitch I'm going with here. And then you just you bring in you bring in Sky Blue. And you bring in Maki Ito, and there you go. You have a full fleshed out team. And Keith Lee is adjacent, and so is Hangman Page. And they're a tag team called <laughs> Keith Lee's the new leader. And then and they're a tag team called uh, the, the Cowboy Meat or something like that. And hey, exactly. anyone can make it work. The good thing is there's only down to three members. I thought about adding Stu Grayson as kind of a meme. So actually, I, what I put on mine as well, and I didn't actually know if you wanted to include this or not. Um, either him or Alan coming back, we would also take. I think we'd agree with. Okay. And I had one honorary member. <laughs> oh, it's even better. I'd, I'm going to start. We're going to have theme music for when we talk about this guy from here on out. And ladies and gentlemen, it's Zach fucking Clayton. Zach Clayton hour, baby. God damn it. <laughs> Whenever we mention Who Zach Who the Clayton, fuck is Zach Clayton? Whenever we. Who is he? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Every time. Zach Clayton's my favorite wrestler. No, um. Zach Clayton, thing. greatest wrestler of all time. Move Zach over Zach Clayton Brian is signed with AEW. He doesn't really have a direction. This guy's got a social media presence. <laughs> like, we joke about it all the time. Like, because, you know. If you guys don't know, it always goes back to the Hook thing. Hook was going to face Zach Clayton. And everyone's like, who the fuck is Zach Clayton? It's, we were like, well, you know, he's only been on AEW the past month. But that's besides the point. They just don't watch it. Uh, I, I genuinely, it's amazing how they'll claim to watch everything in wrestling. And then, like, they don't know who the people from Dark are. Like, well, how am I supposed to know all the people on Dark by watching it? And and it, the thing about Zach Clayton, too, that is so fucking like funny about this is he's one of the guys that can actually talk. And, and here's the thing, legit and, and all jokes aside, he's got, <laughs> he's got a social media presence, right? That I think you add that to BTE, which we've already seen some guys in BTE that, I mean, Ryan Nemeth, I didn't, I almost put him in this too. No, no, no. We need the Zach Clayton vlog. We do. And these guys got a certain social media presence you add that, you throw it in the mix, and all of a sudden you're going to get more eyes. And the bigger, the bigger the wrestler Zach Clayton gets, and he just needs more reps too. And in a team like this, they can make it work. So, yeah, that was my uh, my honorary one. It was Mr. Zach Clayton. <laughs> I'm sorry, I I'm, I'm going to kill that to the ground. But no, it's no, just a no, thing it's, here it's, on it's, out. it's a meme now. All right, um, I literally renamed it in our fucking thing from award show to Zach Clayton. Absolutely, as you should. But uh, right. did you have any uh, other honorary ones or things no, that just came that, in the brain? That was, that was it. I just like you know, bring we could bring back Stu or or um or Alan. I don't want to bring back both. Okay. Either or, I wouldn't want to bring back both. I don't think because then it's just like, well, why did you make even have him leave in the first place? But if you want to bring back one of them, probably me, Stu. So that if you yeah. want to do the other tag Stu, team, uh, Stu is the one I bring back. Um, not that anything against Allen, I just think if you brought back Allen, bring him back as a single star or something, because clearly, clearly he did not not want to be in the Dark Order. Obviously, you know, like let me rapid fire a couple quick at you. All right, Bandito. Nah, I'd rather have Bandito just do stuff singles. Okay, Trish Adora. 
I mean, yeah, it's the same argument as like Sky Blue or Kiara Hogan. They can only benefit, or Griff Garrison even. They can only benefit from it, or Fuego. You know, like just. I follow, I've been following on social media. It seems like she's crushing it in Japan right now. So good on her. Um, I think she, yeah, Trish is someone I really want in AEW. I, I really think she'd be a great Every fit. time she's had a match in AEW, and, she's been really good. Every match on Ring of Honor has been good. I mean, you know, so. I, I originally had her, had this team at my number two, but I, I took them out. because I was like, eh, maybe I couldn't see it. So I'm curious. The Renegade Twins. No, actually, I considered them as well, but I was like, okay. I, I was, I was thinking you would have them actually, but then you didn't. I, I did so, have them at, so, on my you know. first initial list. So and that's then why I, I was re- like, yeah, if you'll have, I tried to, I didn't not pick people because of that, but if there were some people I thought was super obvious that you might pick, I was like, well, then I'll just probably like Fuego. Some, you knew, I was yeah, Fuego. like I didn't go, I knew, I knew I didn't have to worry about Fuego, even though Fuego seems like the obvious pick, you know, to everybody, I'm sure, but you know, either way, because he's already got a mask. He does, Eric Redbeard. I mean, yeah, there's the obvious connection there. I think a lot of people would want Eric to be the leader. I think I wouldn't want him to be, like, have him be the heater. That's what he's there for. We're missing one now without Preston anyway, so. And then the last one I'll toss at you. No, I'm kidding. Adam Cole. Nah. No? You don't see the, the budge and fudge connection? I mean, I, I'd like to see the budge. I'd like to see the battle of the budge from the <laughs> other side. But, I mean, you know, I. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I don't know if I want a permanent. I mean, if they're, I would almost rather him steal them away from the Dark Order, the two of them, and form the, you know, and become the manager budge. And then that's how you do that. Yeah, I, I could buy that. I could buy that. So, all right. That's it for some uh, some uh, fantasy booking of the Dark Order. Hope you guys like that. Because, you know, Adam Cole, only, only good to be a manager. Only good to be a manager. Uh, if you guys are listening to this show, you're probably, you enjoy fantasy booking yourself. So you, yeah, it was fun for us. And uh, again, on Twitter, Eat Sleep Elite. If you guys have, if you've listened through this and you have some other member that we haven't added, toss us a tweet. Toss yeah, us if whatever. you want Lance Archer in the Dark Order to kill everyone and then become the Dark Order's new leader, then yes. I, I, I've never considered it, but son of a bitch. That might be a good fit. Um, but yeah. Has anyone ever done that? Actually killed, like not killed, but like destroyed, injured everybody in a faction is taken over and replaced the members. I wonder if that would actually work. <laughs> you pillaged Dude, the village. It could work though. That's the thing. We might be like, it actually could work. Oh wait, I think they did do this with the Nexus, but like it didn't really, it was like a more like a hostile takeover that CM Punk did, you know? Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, okay. So here we go. We're going to go Elevation, Dark, Dynamite, Rampage, and then we'll preview a little bit of next week because it's going to be a big week. So, uh, Garrett, take us away here. Sound like you're about to hit like a Poke Rap style fucking like, like, you know, like. (laughs) Is that the. Zach, that Clayton, the Zach Clayton introduction. Um, yeah, so AW Dark Elevation episode 97 opened up with the Bashid Brian Cage with Prince Nana. We had a big pop for Shaft. Whoever the fuck that is, some Defy chant. I'm assuming the Defy wrestler. That's what I'm guessing. Um, and uh, some big meat collided here. Uh, Cage showed off uh, his agility. He seems to be settling in on this roster a little bit more. Um, I like that. Um, he gave this guy yeah. a lot. Um, he looked good. Hit him with a drill claw. Got the dub. The, 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 the W. And the firm. We're back. Oh, Shaft was trained by AR Fox. Sorry. There you go. So it's one of AR Fox's guys. So there you go. The firm <laughs> was backstage. And Matt Hardy had a Boxing Day gift of new gear that matched what him and Ethan, what him and uh, Zay were going to be wearing in the match for the match they were going to be having that he set up on the show later on in the night. 
Um, so yeah, this is uh, the first segment we got of of, of Matt Hardy uh, conceding sort of to uh, Ethan Page. So now we're now we're on on the same page, and he's playing him now. Um, I I'd still go on with my thing if I think that Matt Hardy should just break. And at the end of it, like we should have Zay go to Ethan and be like, "You broke him. You have to fix him now." And then they have to have like a cinematic death match to fix Matt or something like that. Oh, I'm and so bring him back. Down. Um, speaking of cinematic death matches, we had the Bollywood Boys taking on the Kingdom. I love the Bollywood Boys. We had we had the, welcome back. By the way, though, on commentary, the horny took over during this match for Matt and Paul. I don't know why, but they just they, they just love them, them some uh, some Maria Canellas. I mean, hey, I mean, you know, whatever. But I mean, like, hey, so um, yeah. So I love that we got some respect given to a Harvinger here because they're both really good. We both like them. I still will always respect the one that took that fucking bump from Brandy Orton. God, Jesus, yeah. Um, then he took the bump off the Punjabi prison, didn't he? Anyway, um. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the kingdom are uh, starting to grow on me a little bit more. Um, you know, I like this match. It was a good match. Uh, the glitch in the hitting the ropes matrix happened. That was interesting. Um, and, and then we had like a combo finish move. Uh, the name I came up for that since they're the kingdom could be like King's Cross, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, we collect Claudio in an interview backstage, putting himself and Josh Woods both over before their match. Um, I'm assuming you would have rather had it be. Uh, uh, Josh Woods with uh, Danielson, but you're, you, you know, I actually wonder how uh, Claudio versus Tony would have been. It would have been interesting. Um, yeah, and Tony, Tony won me over with that. He was fantastic. Oh, really? Okay, fair enough, over. fair enough. Okay. He was fantastic in the job he did with Danielson. I think that with Tony there, it was, it would have been better because I think it I, I understand Claudio winning Josh was such yeah. closer to him in terms of athletics, like and sort of style. So it's like he's like almost like uh, the American version of Claudio, if you will, except smaller, obviously. But you know, whatever. Because Claudio is a big meat man. Uh, speaking meat. of big meat man, we had the wingman taking on <laughs> um, Ari Davari and or sorry, the wingman and Ari Davari taking on the House of Black. There's your there's your meat man. Um, we had some new graphics for them that looked nice. I like those. Um, and I agreed with uh, commentary that Buddy looked really crisp in the ring, which I liked. Uh, we had uh, <laughs> wait, what? What the hell is this? Apparently, there was something about Daddy Magic's car. I don't know. I don't. Whatever. Uh, there's <laughs> Paul Newman reference. Uh, there was some big squishers. Uh, I love how that's becoming over. They're calling it that now. There's big squishers in the corner. Um, they cooked. They barked. There was a senton and a knee strike in the corner, and that was it. All right. Um, and it actually looked really clean when they did the senton roll with the two knees. That was good. It's a good finish. Um, we had the uh, powerhouse Hobbs taking a nice uh, squash. We had a squisher from him. Um, then he just started screaming at him. Um, it was great. He, he beat the man's chest in with some clubbing strikes and then uh, dropped his ass with the suplex uh, on the, uh, the suplex with the anti-air spine on the bide for the dub. <laughs> we had uh, the vicious vixens, which I think they're still called question mark. I don't know. Uh, yeah, squash I'm, more I'm tension sure. in the ranks. Um, there was a woman sent off screen at one point. <laughs> she was shoved and she was just gone. She was like, "Oh, gone. bye, see you later." Um, she came back at one point, but she was just, yeah. she was off screened. Um, and then uh, there was a fake tag that was kind of funny. And then uh, Marina pulled guard, which was interesting for a second, and the, grabbed like the legs and some judo stuff. And then they did the combo DDT, which still hasn't killed someone yet. Uh, and they got yet. the win. We had the butcher and the blade uh, backstage talking about getting stoned with the. the I'd like to smoke down with them. They'd seem like they like getting high. Getting <laughs> the, their entire promos have just been about smoking weed, bud. 
I guess they're just getting fucking stoned. It's why they're not wrestling. They're just too fucking high. Um, <laughs> we had Josh Woods taking on uh, with Josh Woods with, with simple Mark Sterling, uh, uh, you know, at ringside with Claudio Castagnoli taking him on with Young Wheeler. Um, and uh, we had uh, Humble Menard admitting that he actually can't necessarily do the kind of technical wrestling they started out this match with. That takes, you know, that takes a man to admit what he can't do. I, I don't actually know if I agree. I've seen him not do that kind of stuff, but I've seen him do some some good wrestling. Like, I, I, whatever, whatever. Humble Menard. Um, he, he keeps talking like that. I'm about to start calling him Matt Maynard. Anyway, um, no. Maynard. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, was just, I thought that was cool. I've never heard a commentator do that. There was some good torque back on, on the leg targeted. Um, and then, oh, on the pin. I liked that. So Josh Woods on a pin attempt after torquing back the leg on all those submissions. I liked him pulling that leg in on the sub. That's like, I, you don't, you don't see stuff like that. You know, I liked it. Um, and then, uh, there was a little swing. It didn't last very long because of the leg, uh, corkscrew brain buster, which was sick. And then he smoked him with the uppercut, picked up the win. We had Hardy party and Ethan page, uh, with the remix by Ethan page on the entrance. Um, we had Dasha adding a little bit of flavor too on the names, which I like, um, we got that from uh from from I think it was Justin back this week. Uh, even if it wasn't Justin, it was, so there was some flavor on the introductions this week, which I like, you know. Um, and yeah, so like I mentioned before, my end game for this is Matt leaning in too hard, breaking, and Zay literally having to get him to bring him back. I just I want the multiverse to collide in this storyline. All right, um, we got Athena taking on Viva Van. Uh, some cool looking gear here. Um, leveled over with the forearm, checked her into the steps, double knees into the steps, uh, locked in the cross face. More beatdown after. Marina makes the save. I was like, okay, I guess we're having that match. Um, we had Eddie Kingston and Ortiz taking on. Um, sorry, wait, did I? Wait. Nope. I know I didn't get down who they faced, apparently. Uh, Eddie Pearl and Ricky Gibson. Oh, that's why, because they were two jobbers. Okay, they, I probably just didn't write down the jobbers. Yeah, I, oh, I see. I, I wrote squash. Sometimes I'll just write that. But I didn't separate the text. And Helico is on commentary for this um one thing that i think is cool is that everybody gets that eddie why eddie is good it's because he's like super authentic and everybody picks up on that you know it's it's almost you can't not notice it when you're watching him even if you're just watching him wrestle Um, i saw um someone talking about angelico because he joined commentary here yeah they said angelico reminds me of nigel mcginnis yes agreed 100 percent. i actually really i think angelico might be like my fourth fifth favorite commentator now behind like um if i had to like all right quick five quick top five top our Caprice is number two and, and Rick Avani at number one. I'm sorry. It's they've usurped the, the dynamite and, and rampage guys. They just have, they're, they're the Fair. best. The two of them are the best. I even heard Dax talking about it on this podcast. They're, they're like literally the better commentary team. Um, and then right down there, probably below that's Excalibur. And you probably can have Excalibur, Tony, probably Chris Jericho, probably JR all at the same level. Um, so you could t- tie them all into one rank if you want to tie them up. Um, and then at four would probably probably be like Angelico, Matt Menard, Paul White, you know, that secondary group of commentators that don't necessarily get as much shine as like Tony or Excalibur or Taz. Like Taz is up there for me, but Taz might be number five now because there's just so many randomly good commentators. And I, I think I would rather have, Taz, you know, I like how Taz is now where Taz is on and he does the, the but it, Taz being the third member of the comment, the Taz needs to be a part of a two-man commentary team. I, I think I've decided that. Um, but I don't want him to just be on Rampage, so uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, commentary is complicated, and Helico does it well, so I respect that. Um, but yeah, uh, 
and he had a little bit of personality during this, so that was good. There's a clean exploiter suplex and a DDT, and Eddie was fucking out. He said, peace! Homer Simpson going into the, into the bush. Uh, yeah. We had Bandito take it on Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel. Uh, a vet and an up-and-comer in this match. Uh, they felt the crowd out well. Shout-outs to the Seattle crowd for sticking with everything. Big mega strength for Bandito. Hell of a knee strike for the W. And then we had the SAP taking on the best friends with Danhausen. Um, what the what the fuck, Danhausen? What were you wearing during this match? <laughs> Soul food combo. Luther can't stop the curse and double double dick punches. Strong zero W, and that takes us to dark one seventy eight. Sweet. So this week's dark. We started off with uh, it was taped. Before the Battle of the Belts. So it was nice to have a live crowd for the dark. And Juice Robinson takes on and defeats Travis Williams. It was pretty, uh, Juice is loose. pretty one-sided match. But you know what? I love Juice Robinson. <laughs> I'm liking what he's doing here so far. So. That's a nice little he touch. Like, I, I, I have to do it to him. He looks like the fucking thing from Jabba's Palace that went. <laughs> <laughs> is that Salacious Crumb? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Willow Nightingale and Ruby Soho, uh, the tag team, took on... The no, female. no, no, wait. He looks like the bug from A Bug's Life. God damn it. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> fucking got his ass. Willow Nightingale and Ruby Soho defeated Diamante and Amy Sakura. Pretty solid match. I like this tag, man. I like their tag team. Jake Hager, he's a man who likes his hat. He, uh, I defeated- like that hat. He defeated Steve Miggs. Beautiful fucking, uh, beautiful name there. Steve he shouldn't have Miggs. touched the hat. Yeah, don't touch that fucking hat, son of a bitch. And the match we've all been waiting for. Tavinky? The Firm, Lee Moriarty, and Big Bill. Large William. Large William defeated the Voros Twins. Uh, they did their job. They got their asses whooped. Choke slam. You know how it goes. Bill and Moriarty then, uh. Had a tag match on Wednesday. Juice got a promo claiming 2023 was going to be his year. Dark Order interrupted, offered him a spot. He declined, said he's still in Bullet Club. He'd not be friends with the group if they were the last people on Earth. I thought he would have been a good fit. Not going to lie, I thought he would have been a good fit. Ty Mello and Anna J.A.S. defeated Teal Piper and Kel. Uh, Teal Piper, the daughter of Roddy Piper, uh, wrestling again. First time in a while on uh, AEW. And I, I I liked it. She brings a good energy, too. So Yeah, the crowd was with it. So yeah, Worth okay. noting that. Okay. I could see that being a thing. Um, yeah, lock that in the old sk- schism. Party Hardy and Ethan Page defeated Judas Icarus, Sebastian Wolf, and Caleb Kennedy. There's a pretty good one-liner here from uh, Isaiah Cassidy while Ethan Page is talking over the ring. He hands him the – he's talking about how, how'd you like the – how you like in the match? And Cassidy just goes, I literally hate you. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, ROH women's champion Athena defeats Marina Shafir to retain the title. This was set in motion on Elevation. And there is a different energy with Shafir's music. I know we say that a lot, but there is. When her Athena music hits the now, greatest heel thing of all time. She went to high five the kid and then said, too slow, mother. Too slow, motherfucker. Hey, yeah, fucking uh, got him. Athena went on. Uh, she p- picked up the win. 
this is a successful title defense. And yeah, uh, I'm 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 bored of Marina Shafir still. Yeah, but it, I, I I I'm not going to disagree with that. I think uh, solid win for Athena though. I think it worked for what it was. Let's let's move on to what's next now, right? Yes. Oh, I've been I'm so excited to talk about this match. Oh, no, 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 no. and that's going to kick us off on Dynamite. So take the lead here. What did you think of Hangman Adam Page defeating clean as a sheet John Moxley? Yeah, he beat the big, the big meat, the mox. Um, yeah. Um, so that didn't sound right at all. Um, yeah. So they they went right after it, dude. Like he started attacking his head immediately. So that was going to be the story Great of this touch. match. Yeah. Um, and it was, dude. You know what this was? This was like a new. I think I even said this to you before we went live, or maybe during the show. Like, um, like this felt like a new Japan style, just bloodbath. Yeah, I think I did mention this in reference to like a Jay White Okada, like how they were just beating the piss out of each other, and how they have been and breaking each other's jaws in those matches. You know, yeah. Um, this felt like that style of match, so I really liked that. Um. And uh, this was the match where I noticed those rails, by the way. Um, so I really liked that touch as well. It helped for this match because they went with that style. Um, there was a lariat of doom from Moxley at one point to put, you know, our boy on the shelf. And uh, he kicked out of it. So that was an immediate like, no, you're not getting me with that again. We're not doing that. Um, he then put the Beautiful boots touch. to him. Hangman still looked super crisp in there, even though he hasn't wrestled in three months. Gotta love that. Tells you somebody's good. Um, brutal landing for him on the moonsault though. Ooh. And uh the one where he bumped backwards into the fucking rails. Oh that one looked tough, but hey, he did it kicked out of the death route. He might have been the first person to do that in maybe yeah. like a year, dude. Like since Absolutely. Mox came back. It might have been like since this time, like January last year, I think which was about when he came back, right? January, March ish that time, I think. Like whenever yeah. it was. Um it's been about a year since somebody kicked out of the goddamn uh death rider and uh then he hammered away at him into a bulldog attempt he kicked out at one from the pile driver what? sent the crowd fucking nuts from that oh, yeah beautiful uh got got back on his feet got some you know leveled him with his own lariat you know beat the piss out of him more got him over the top of the ropes hit a hit a a uh a buckshot lariat and then they mo- and then mox acted like he was knocked out afterward like he did he's, he literally said what just happened that was a beautiful touch. So he was, did back to him what he did to him, just even worse. So now we're going to have a story with Mox potentially where he's, you know, maybe damaged in the head now or something like I, this, this, this could go so many ways. And it's so interesting. I don't, I don't think we're done. I don't think the story is over. I think, I think there's more here. I mean, I think Mox has to go away for a little bit now, obviously to sell the injury, but I, Charlie, I want to hear your. Th- I know I kind of just steamrolled through the whole thing, but like, no, no, perfect. And and I agree. I'm with you. I think I think there is some more here. I think this was the right call. This was Moxley's second time being pinned in AEW. It's kind of fucking wild when you think about it. Wait, ever? That's that's what I saw. So no, that that really? I, I think it's just the second person that's pinned him. I mean that if I that that. I mean, I could believe that, but he had lost the title. Is it literally just when he lost the title? Is that the only time? There was a wow. fun fact that in April 26, Moxley has yet to be pinned or submitted clean in singles match in AEW. And then MJF became, was it MJF, the first one that pinned him clean? I, that would have had to be. Well, no, how, how did he lose the championship before then? Someone must have, I think he got fucked up. I think he got fucked over. 
Huh. So and, oh, and okay. Hangman pinned him clean as a sheet. This was the second huh. person to do it. It was okay. CM Punk that beat him clean, right? It would we'll have had to been because CM Punk definitely did when they had their match. One thousand. So CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page is the first two people to pin John Moxley clean as a sheet. No shenanigans. That? No horse shit. No no cowboy shit. And uh, yeah, so great stuff. This was the right call. I I think Hangman is now propped up to have uh, a little fun run this year. So maybe him and Adam Cole rekindle. Maybe he goes elite. I don't know. I don't know where he's going to go, but. Yeah, was, team, t- team, we don't give Adam. Yeah, this is a 35. Get it? Because of damn. Damn it. <laughs> this is an 85 day, three month uh, thing where he's been gone and he looked good. So um, back from the break, Excalibur informed us a doctor walked Moxley to the back where he's evaluated. I think he's going to go on his vacation, right? That's that's what I'm thinking as well. I don't know that, but that's what I think. And and we get even more healthier. The roster gets healthier. Adam Cole has returned. Baby, this was a, a surprise. To I mean, this wasn't even anywhere on the internet. I I, I had no indication of this anywhere. Maybe it was. I, I remember saying to you for the last like eight months, like, man, where is Adam Cole? I miss Adam Cole. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, and, and like two months ago, we talked about that report that people were like, "Yeah, this concussion shit's not good. He might not like. There's a chance he doesn't wrestle again." Okay, and I just have to say this: I don't give a shit. You guys have the ability to go back. You guys have the podcast in your feeds. You can go back to when I first, when I most recently brought this up, and you can find out if I did. Because I'm pretty sure one of the most recent times that I've said something about, um, you know hangman being gone i want to say i remember saying that i i because he quoted a bunch of people and one of the things that he said when he was talking about what made him want to come back and fight to come back was um a quote of somebody saying i if i i hope because i know i said this at one point maybe this isn't what he's referencing but i know i said this at one point that even if adam cole never wrestles again i just want to be happy be happy and i knew in my heart that he never would be if he couldn't wrestle again you know so I'm sure he'd find something, but it wouldn't be the same, you know? So yeah, that was kind of the heartbreaking thing for me, man, was just sitting here knowing that guys like him, guys like Kenny were just on the shelf for multiple, multiple, multiple months, knowing what they could be doing, you know, just, it has to be the worst kind of, it has to be tough. And, and now he's back. So he's back in full swing. It sounds like, and hopefully we pick up where he left off and he starts having some great wrestling matches and, him being back is just it's a sh- it's again another shot in the arm of adrenaline for this fucking company. So, it's it's really okay, good. So, who would you have him face first now that he's back? If he's gonna be a baby face, uh, I don't even. Uh, my brain goes swerve, but he's in a feud right now. He's in a program. Yeah, maybe uh, Orange Cassidy. Maybe you do something there. But that's if you want to go for a title. Yeah. Honestly, I, I just have a House of Black fucking taunting. That would, be, be, make, that would make sense because even though he's a good guy now, him and Orange do have history already. So Yeah, so that'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of things you could do. If they're going to do the kingdom thing, that could be a quick little uh, Oh yeah, get a couple yeah, matches out good. with the kingdom. That'd be good. A, a good return feud. Have him feud with a group while he's a single. Maybe have the Bucks back him up or something, you know. But yeah, I imagine uh, I'm because let's be honest, didn't... nobody's going to remember that he attacked the elite the last time they were together. They didn't even reference it. And I don't think they're going to reference it at all. Yeah, because Bobby Fish is gone. And Kyle, again, he's another guy he's still dealing with a lot of injuries we covered last week. So we're hoping the best for Kyle, too. 
Yeah, uh, it is overwhelming that comes joy. To your overwhelming joy when the music hit, though, because I wasn't expecting it. And when it hit, I was like, "Yes, thank God, Adam Cole." Is I was back. not expecting the wrestling that. world is right again. Out. Adam Cole is in the wrestling world. Yes, Chugs yes. is back, baby. Chugs is back, bye bye. Do you have one that comes to your mind? Um, let me just think off the top of my head. Who's a who's a free and open heel right now that could use a feud with a guy like Adam Cole? Put him against Luchasaurus. You know what? Good pick. Could this be the guy Hobbs is targeting? Well, Hobbs did say the name Phoenix, which I'll bring up. So I don't know. Mm, okay. So he said the word Phoenix. He referenced the Phoenix as rising from the ashes. So that doesn't necessarily mean Phoenix, but it could mean Phoenix. So it could mean know. something, yeah. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. But you know what, though? Hold on, hold the phone. Adam oh. Cole coming back from injury is kind of like a phoenix rising from the ashes. This is true. So mm, harder and stronger. No, wait, that's that's the that's the iron board. He's you know he's stronger than you're not stronger, but you know uh, r- rising again like a mortal. Blah, blah, blah. Mm, he knows the way. So you already know. We got fuck. What was the name? Jungle Hook. Oh. I just blew up someone's ears. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> they, no, no, no. It was Taz. You're good. You're good. They defeated <laughs> fucking Taz. They defeated uh, the firm, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. Uh, this Large was a bit of a, William. This is a bit of a quicker match, but man, the crowd was was into all four of these guys, and I, it makes me very happy to see that Lee Moriarty is elevated to this spot. The firm has been such a success for him so far, and even though he hasn't seen gold yet. He has elevated his name being next to Big Bill. Hey, Dr. It's- Ken in the crowd. How about that? Yeah, Dr. Ken. That was nice. I'm convinced that that Big Bill just saw Dr. Ken and was like, huh? Dr. Ken? And just went over there to see, like, what the fuck's going on here? I guess I'll be a heel. Yeah. And and I'm liking this tag team. I, I thought Jungle Hook was a success. They worked well together. They had some good chemistry. And I think this proves a couple things about Hook. I think Hook would be really fucking good in a tag team, man. Like, don't get me wrong. He's a singles champion. He's going to be a singles star. But, man, just like Swerve and Keith Lee, Hook could be fun in a tag team for a few months. And I liked Hookhausen. I thought they had some good fun stuff. They just ran its course, so and then they just called it off. But, yeah, what would you think of uh, Jack Perry? Jungle Hook defeating uh, the firm here. I think for either of them to get TV time, they both need to stay together, which is kind of crazy considering how popular Jungle Boy is. But it's just the way the roster is stacked right now. And so I don't think they should break up straight up. I think it would benefit them both to keep together, keep this feud going for a little while, you know, get both teams on TV, maybe have the next group that they face be uh, Jungle Hook versus Vogel Affiliates or something, you know? I don't know, like... Could make it work easily. Or, get- or or on Dark, Jungle Hook versus Ari Davari in the Wingman. I thought you were going armed and dangerous. I was ready. Nah, 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 nah. Renee Paquette, she's with Dan Housen, Orange Cassidy, and the new Golden Globe winner, Paul Walter Hauser, who appeared to have brought Paul Walter Hauser. He said he'd show it on Rampage. Hauser asked Cassidy if things were cool with best friends. He said, yeah. As Trent and Chuck Taylor walked in and agreed, all hands in, as that was that. Was there a reason for Paul Walter Hauser being on AEW this week? 
uh, I think they're in LA and he just won an award. So, and, and I, I fair it enough, is true. I guess respect. I, I was just kind of like, fan. why is this like a friend of Tony's? Maybe I don't know. Well, here's whatever. another thing on Cobra Kai, his character is a wrestling fan. And we know this as well as, uh, they let him use Judas by Jericho. So, okay. I mean, fair I, enough. I think, I, mean, whatever, I think this man. guy has always kind of been, uh, you know, so he's like AW adjacent, I guess. Okay. Fair enough. I guess you got to hit your AW people when you're in town. You and know? you know, he, he won the golden globe. So what, what a week to do it. Even though those awards are, we can all have our opinion on those awards. Uh, the sag you don't like having Oscars your golden globes. You don't have your like. You don't have your golds. Your your globes golden, Charlie. There is only about seventy people voting on those awards, but that's besides the point. Um, well, what do you mean a limited, a limited, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, possible, you know, and well, who's to say if they even have the same levels of you know diversity as the other award shows? Yeah, the Oscars and the SAG Awards. That's the uh, that's the good shit right there. We talked about Takeshi Danielson, all uh, right. Renee Piquette, she's backstage with Juice Robinson, asking what he wants to accomplish in AEW. Robinson says he's here to kick ass and take names. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right. And the tag Okay, question. Do you think they stacked the Juice segment against the Tony Storm match on purpose? Maybe they did. The Juice is loose. I think they were like, "Ah, we're both going to be here at this time. Fuck you. (laughs) This is the way. Uh, AW Women's World Champion Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker with Rebel defeated Soraya and Tony Storm. Uh, what, take it away what? here. Mercedes Monet's not in this match. <laughs> nope. And uh, yeah, what'd you, what'd you think of this? And uh, Tony Zero Storm out of being, 10, no Mercedes. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Tony Storm being back in the ring, man. She it, it Hell nice. yeah, dude. She got a fucking broken face that, or some shit. Like, Jesus. Um, she really literally like leaned in and then they went back to the same fucking spot where she did it out of this match. Bah. Anyway, Sweet cheek um, music is unbeatable. It is. Uh, if she did that, I was thinking about this. If her and uh, if her if she did that hip attack and ran at um uh what well, oh my god why Oscar doing the same attack in the middle of the ring and they their they their hip attacks collided, I think it would create a black hole and everyone would be killed. <laughs> anyway, um, so <laughs> that being said, <laughs> that being said, how um, to create a black hole wrestling edition. <laughs> They, uh, they, they really, yeah, just fuck the people that thought this was still going to be Sasha. Um, cause you obviously weren't paying attention. Um, only one women's segment in wrestling this week, apparently, uh, that, that, that's all AEW counted. I mean, I guess yeah, we had this three fight on the other show, but whatever. Um, you know, the, uh, if you only watch D- Dynamite, which a lot of people that watch AEW probably only watch Dynamite, then you only saw one women's segment this week. That's it. Anyway, um, it was a good one, but I mean, yeah. anyway, um, so Soraya looked a lot better here. She had a hell of an E-strike at one point and uh, that, that hip attack, dude. Oh, and that avalanche air raid of just death. It was just death. The death fall. And then she, the, I guess that storyline coming out of this fight is that she helps the bad girls, right? So um, yeah, she think- throws the kendo stick in the ring intending to help the good guys and ends up helping the bad guys. And she didn't really seem that bothered by it. I mean, she seemed like not happy, but like also like it's like, what, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, idiot? after how like, they treated her last week, we don't expect. Uh, like, what did you yeah. think was going to happen? Like, obviously, that was what your intent was, you know, like. 100%. Because the ref was distracted and it wasn't like, you know, the good guys were distracting the ref, I don't think. And if they were, then that's kind of weird. So, but yeah, no, good match overall, though, I think. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And our last segment on Dynamites, as we already talked about the main event, 
The Jericho Appreciation Society arrives. They came out there in their matching gold jackets. Jericho said this has been a huge week for the JAS, mentioning showing up at PWG Battle of Los Angeles. Jericho mentioned Tay and Anna are going to win their street fight on Friday. Sending Action Andretti back to the minor leagues and ending the Ricky Starks experiment. Ricky Starks and Action Andretti interrupt. They come on the stage. He says they're still standing. While Jericho compared Andretti to a little orphan Oliver. Andretti told him to shut it up or he'll shove his baseball bat up his ass. Andretti said Guevara can't control his wife, even her hands, which were between his legs last week. Starks told Jericho to move so he could talk to Gilligan in the hat. He called Hager the village idiot who still has his dumb lisp. Holy shit. Hager said he'll slack Stark. He's going to slap Ricky Stark's face off of his face. Got him. <laughs> See, <laughs> Ricky Stark's reaction here when he said that was just like, what? <laughs> but well, what are you talking about? These guys. Action Andretti. This is doing wonders for him, too. And it makes sense to stick in with Ricky Starks here because they're not really a tag team, but they're just, you know, they're helping each other out because they both hate the fucking JAS. So the the t- chemistry when these guys are talking shit at each other is fucking brilliant. It's every time the, the, the previous week when they did this, I thought it was amazing. I, I just think. Is Andretti blame- like actually the real actual star they just found in the rough? They're like, oh yeah, this fucking Andretti guy. He was pretty good on dark. Oh yeah, he was pretty good on dark again. Wait, wait, okay, let's have him do a pre- and if you're, have and, him do, and a, the fact have him do can- a promo backstage. Let's see how good he is. Oh shit. Oh, okay, shit, Jericho. Will you lose to this guy? Uh, who is Action Andretti? Oh, okay, let me see his promo. Oh shit. Okay, yeah, I'll lose to him. And let's start something up here with Ricky and man, Ricky Starks. God, he's so fucking good. He has so much. He is undeniable. When it comes to his uh, charisma. So I'm looking forward to the future here of this. Um, Starks and Hager will be fun. Slap your face off your face. Apparently it's a quote from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Apparently. I I have no idea. I don't know. I I think he actually fucked it. I don't know. I I think that's his character is kind of a I'm going to slap your face off your face. Off your face. (laughs) What a job. (laughs) Why did I go Java there? All right. I would certainly like to. AEW Rampage, Darby Allen defeated Juice Juice Robinson to retain the TNT. Juice is loose. Juice is loose. But what do you think of this? And uh, we're getting the Darby Allen back, man. He's uh, defending the title like we were hoping pretty much pretty frequently. So it's going to be a fun title reign. Gonna well, be nonstop, uh, nonstop. Um, yeah, no, I mean, so I like the way he just dumped Darby over the ropes. He just said, "Get out of here, see you later, pal," and that led him to beating him up on the outside of the ring, which is always good. You know, I mean, it can't always be good, but it is with Juice. So you know, it's that New Japan style of just beating people up for ten minutes outside the ring. It's great. Um, uh, the reckless abandon that he had on the corner senton combined with the code red actually that thought that was a good combo of moves that like sold that juice might actually get pinned there um even though that wasn't going to be where he lost obviously um oh the rope seated clothesline that that like lariat type move where he's like seated up on the ropes and he hits him with the with the clothesline that's good they both sold pretty well i mean and we had sting at the end I, this is a good segment i it's a good way to yeah. open up rampage baby Agreed, and I'm looking forward to these title matches. I thought I, I'm liking what Juice is doing here. I think Juice is he has a fun spot on this card. 
and I think we're going to see more and more of him. He's okay, a so, great yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the next segment, I think it's fair. Like we could just not we didn't write anything down, but like name a couple of people you'd want to see Hobbs face. I said Phoenix was a possibility because you mentioned Ashes. We mentioned Adam Cole. Is there anybody else that Hobbs could be facing that you're interested in? I, I still think it might be Orange Cassidy. I that's an easy target, and now Orange Cassidy's out of the Kip Sabian feud, so it looks more and more like it could be him. And it's going for a title, right? So it might be Darby. Right? I don't know. But yeah, uh, I'm going to stick with Orange Cassidy for now. Darby is also someone that rises from the ashes because he throws his body at everything. So, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I could see the metaphor there. All right. Uh, Book of Hobbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the dude, acclaimed... I had the best. I described this next segment so perfectly in one sentence in my notes. Oh, no. The acclaimed cement their dominance over the ass boys. <laughs> And that's, I think, as good as we could put it. <laughs> the, the ass boys interrupted the acclaim. They did their shtick. They're getting a walk of fame or whatever. And they got pantsed. Are we setting up the ass boys versus the acclaimed as our next feud? We've had it already. What do you mean? What do you mean? I think we're running it back. I don't ass know. claimed reunion. I mean, they did beat FTR, so they have a claim to the title, I guess you could say, right? They both beat FTR, right? So yeah, so we who got wins that. between them two. <laughs> Renee Piquette is backstage at the Mogul Affiliates. Swerve said 2023, they're going to be the most violent group to ever come to AEW. Well, if you want to start that, a good way is putting a cinder block through someone's chest. So I see no lies. <laughs> Absolutely. So far, so good. It checks out. I like this segment. It's it's cool. I like I like Swerve just looking like an absolute fucking legend with all the people he's hanging out with and shit. He does. He he looks like a million bucks. So, uh, Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King defeated Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. So there's been you know seeds of distrust. That's kind of been the whole point of this, right? As the House of Black is is implanting more seeds of distrust between whoever they yes. face. Um, I. I I, though my favorite segment here was Eddie Kingston kind of trying to mock Malachi, but really it turns into Malachi just doing the thing anyways. Yes. I thought that was pretty fun. Yes. In the ring, uh, Brody King, man. So he, underrated. Like, he might he be is, one of the most underrated. <laughs> like, just he's unbelievably underrated. Buried in a he trio, is, you know, like, because he's the guy, just, like, so good. Like, oh, my God. The guy, just everything he does, it's really fun. And uh, he hit the corner cannonball. That's kind of what I was going to. And Kingston no-sold the Lariat, hit an enziguri, and half-and-half half suplex. It was a really nice little combo there. Uh, Ortiz was demanding a tag, but Kingston wouldn't make it. Ortiz jumped in with a leaping DDT on Malachi. Kingston hit an exploder for a really good two. Uh, tag your partner chance rang out, so I don't know which way the crowd's leaning here. Kingston wouldn't do it and ran right into a jump knee by, by uh, Malachi, as did Ortiz, who leapt off the top. Kingston hit Black with a Saito suplex and a lariat. King ran into a back fist to the floor. Buddy Matthews and Julia Hart hit the ring with a chair. Kingston got a chair from him. Kingston turned around, Hart screamed like a fucking straight out of a horror movie. And Ortiz thought he was about to hit a girl. Uh, Ortiz ducks a black mass. Kingston took the bullet. Ortiz knocked outside. Black pinned Kingston. Um, Post-match, Black told Ortiz he did good as they threw him back into his partner. So... 
Yeah, this is like fifth dimensional mind games, and I love it. I love. I I, I don't know who's if someone's gonna join the the join the group out of this. I don't know if they're just gonna break them apart. I don't know if I don't know. Like, I don't know if we need someone else in this group. What do you? I think? don't. I don't either. But I I would be okay with it. Like if Eddie I think Kingston Julie Hart was like the perfect if Eddie final Kingston is the the fifth member of this group, I would be one thousand percent okay with that. But I don't know if I wanted to be Ortiz necessarily. I think Ortiz, if I was gonna have to do anything with him, I'd just have him do a singles run or something. You know, like because he's really good. Because you know he's really good. You know, so like. Yeah, but also I love the Ortiz. That is good stuff. Okay, Paul Walter Hauser, the interview segment. Weird to know this is going to be fun stuff. And honestly, you could tell how much fun Hauser was having <laughs> based off uh, some of the shit he did. So Renee's in the ring with him. He referenced uh, "get the tables" in his acceptance speech, which shows his respect for professional wrestling. Instead, he'll always bypass Connecticut and go to Jacksonville. I like that. Fun little uh, liner there. Dan Housen interrupts that he's a top seller of merchandise in AEW, but he never got a physical award, so he wants a Golden Globe. Fair enough. Uh, Jay Lethal's group, the music hits. Slapnut Express. Hauser's like, how many people are coming out? <laughs> uh, Hauser told Jarrett, the assistant in Memphis, and looks like a woman from Crunch Fitness who walks around with a guitar he never plays. The rest of his crew look like the dress for a homeschool prom. Lethal and Dutt attack Hauser while Sing traps Danhausen in the corner. Jarrett then fucking cracks the guitar over Hauser's head as Lethal takes the Golden Globe. He's gonna hit Danielson before or Danielson. He's gonna hit Danhausen before Orange Cassidy and Best Friends made the save. Jarrett and his crew tailed it as Hauser was left motionless. Lethal and Dutt stole the man's Golden Globe. <laughs> uh, this was a lot of fun, and you know what? Sometimes you need some fun, right? Slap you know, nut. Slap nut. So I'm guessing we're going slap nut versus uh, OC and the crew. So maybe slap nut wins the title off of Orange Cassidy? What, you think Double J? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm say, if anything, Jay Lethal, right? You know, I, mean, I, I could see Jay Lethal running with that little belt there for a while, you know? Yeah. Maybe he goes to Japan, goes to Mexico, goes to, I don't know, somewhere. I, I can go, you can go somewhere, but I don't know. I, 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 Give it to Sanjay Dutt. Fuck it. He's got the pencil and the title. Oh, God. He's untouchable. All right. So here we go. Our main event, the women main eventing Rampage. Awesome. Rampage, uh, we've been, baby. We've been talking about this feud. Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale taking on Ty Mello and Anna J.A.S. in a street fight. Um, Ty Mello also had a funny line, I believe, on Dynamite where she said, I am the table, or I am the street fight. And Jericho goes, you are the street fight, damn it! <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, uh, take us away here from our, our main event, and uh, Ruby's sporting the crimson mask. Absolutely. Uh, Ruby and Willow were dressed for war, a little, little like, they almost looked like uh, like 3D or something like that, which was pretty they cool. They did, yeah. Which, was, which I dug. Uh, and they leaned into that with the, the tables and stuff like that. The trash can stomp spot, spot, which is what you're talking about, which busted Ruby right, right immediately open. Um, great spot to do that. I'm sure, like, I'm not sure if it was a blade or if it was, like, actually just the way that it contract, compacted on her head. Either way, she was busted open immediately after the trash can. Um, good stomp. Uh, gory special onto it to obliterate Willow, which was, again, brutal spot. Um, they did the tower. They did like a tower of death spot onto some chairs. They did everything you're not supposed to do in this match, basically, just about. Um, 
there was a power bomb by Willow at one point off the stage, not through the table. It was off of the table that she went through. I don't know how that was supposed to work, but it, it didn't. Uh, is Anna J okay? It must have been. Is Anna okay? Anna? Anna? Anyway. Anna, uh, okay. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, pile driver to the table. I think I think that spot's hit pretty much every time uh, in one of these street fights by, uh, by Ty. Uh, so, I guess fair enough. Destination unknown under the tax. Yeah, yeah. Um, Destination. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. Um, and then, yeah, just a hell of an effort from the ladies. Um, they, yeah. they bled all over the place, and, and I'm pretty sure at least three of them are dead. And we've seen this before with their match against the bunny, right? Where they're not afraid to get bloody. And I believe it was Ty or Anna in that match, or it was a double. I think it was a duo, right? I think it was a tag uh, yes. match. We'd have to yes, double check was, that. But yes, correct. I thought I thought Ty Mello looked fantastic here. We hadn't seen her in a little bit, and she looked great. Um, so same to Anna. Uh, I'm hoping she's all right. I think the right team won. I think it makes sense to have Ruby and Willow win here. And you know what? They they looked like they had a fucking hell of a fun time doing this. They were able to get bloody. This was the only match all night between Dynamite and this that got bloody. Unless, yeah, because Moxley didn't, right? I think so. I think Moxley uncharacteristically uncharacteristically didn't bleed. I mean, she doesn't bleed every match anyway. People just say that. Yeah, but even in a big match like this, usually you think maybe it will, but they didn't. Oh, yeah, but it, it wasn't the story. They wanted to show, like, the non-visible injuries. That was the whole story. So it almost makes more sense. Like, I'm, I'm, I like that. That's, I'm glad we noticed that because it's a good touch that they included in that match because a, a concussion is really a non-visible injury in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah, that's very true. Heyman didn't bleed when he got KO'd, so good touch. Yeah, I really like this main event. I like that uh, we're letting them roll. Let them cook, man. This was something, I think, because now this adds more elements to their characters, too. Next time we see you know them infused, we're gonna it, it just adds that much more. So, And Ruby and Willow finally giving the fist bump was cool. So, solid Rampage, solid Dynamite, really good stuff this week. And what better than a preview next week, right? Oh, we didn't even know it. We didn't even know. We didn't. They didn't do the pre-match promo for once. Yeah, they just jumped to Henry. It looks like these ladies are ready to fight or something. It, it makes sense in this case. I think I like bringing it back, though. It's it's like it's a rampage staple at this point, right? Like, yep, he still hit his line. So at least we got that right. Hell yeah, there, buddy. But next week, all right, AEW Dynamite. We got six matches announced so far. Ricky Starks versus Jake Hager. I like that. Brian Danielson versus Bandito. My God. Um, burning all the barns. Yeah. That's going to be someone's favorite. <laughs> I think it's probably going to be mine again. I think I think Danielson's going to have me locked in for a little bit while here, you know. And there's even more. Top Flight versus the Young Bucks. Oh! <laughs> uh, what's the total time Is that their first the defense, them and AR Fox? I mean, is that? It looks like it's just a tag match right now. So, no, no, I'm saying, like, do you think that's oh, where they go with it, maybe? if You know what? And I'm going to tell you right now. I wouldn't be a thousand percent shocked if they let Top Flight pin him here. Ooh, and that's where you go. Like, hey, we just we just went through, like, seven matches of hell, and you guys beat us. So beat us at our hundred percent. Then now there's they, a story. They've, put in, they've put a lot of teams over before. They, they were not, they're not afraid to do that. I mean, Private Party pinned him in the first, like, fucking tournament. So... You name it. If they're AR Fox is at ringside, you know that's the story they're going with. And Kenny, and, and you know, maybe Kenny's not there, and that's how they set up the... Dude, 
if we get Air Fox in top flight against the fucking the Elite, I am going to scream. Willow Nightingale versus Tony Storm. Both of them had fantastic weeks. I, I kind of forgot to touch on it myself, but I, I thought the women's tag was really good. And my God, I'm so glad Tony Storm's back. She is so fucking good. Seriously. Yes. Unbelievably good. Yeah, 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 yeah. AW All-Atlantic title, Orange Cassidy defends against Jay Lethal. That makes sense. Going to be a fun match there. And the TNT title match, Darby Allen defends against Kushida. Kushida back from injury and making his debut in AEW. Hell Darby yeah, dude, that should be a banger, dude. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We actually got some Rampage announced, and uh, we got one match announced, and it's Action Andretti versus Daniel Garcia. So that'd be a fun little match. I expect some Sammy shenanigans. Definitely. Sammy and Daniel, we haven't seen them out of a tag match yet. I, I want to see that. But yeah, guys, that'll be it for us. Uh, again, Eat Sleep Elite. Follow us on there. Uh, Bane Duke and O'Charlie, if you guys are interested. And again, if you have any questions or you want to send us your Dark Order members you'd like to, we'll we'll put it in the news for next week. We'll put toss them in there if you guys have any suggestions. Yeah, so send us listen- tweets with your members. <laughs> yeah, if you listened uh, all the way through this, <laughs> God damn it, we really appreciate it. I know Zach Clayton appreciates it. And... Uh, That'll be it for us, guys. We'll catch you next week on Eat Sleep Elite when we're talking about the new All-Atlantic champion, Jay Lethal. Slap nut. Slap nut. Entertainer. Entertainer.